This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm Nazim Hussain and I'll be your waiter for today. Can I get you some coffees or water to start with? Okay, still all sparkling. Tap? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, no worries. <laughs> Looking to save a bit of money on your, on your date? <laughs> That's cool. Here's a couple of menus. Our specials today include a starter on how to save money when eating out. For main meal, we've got a foodie who'll tell you the best bang-bang chicken for your buck. And for dessert, a few ways to hang out with your loved ones without spending 50 bucks for brunch. I'll come back to take your order. Without a pad, because uh, I'm an advanced level waiter who has a superhuman memory. Hello and welcome to Frugal by The Pineapple Project, a podcast about making you rich. Well, a little bit richer. We're going to do that by making you think more, waste less, and have some savings up your sleeve for things you really want to do. Today we're talking about going out to eat, and we're also going to speak to a frugal foodie about how to save money on grocery shopping and cooking at home. All right, I've got a confession. I love eating out. I eat out all the time. I probably eat out more than I eat in. I'm an eat outaholic. It's a real condition. And let's face it, you probably like going out too. Yes, on the weekends every day. So do you, do you, um, do you track how much you spend going out? No. How much do you think you're going to spend today? Today? Because I'm on holiday. Maybe $100? 100 bucks. Because I'm going out for dinner tonight as well. I hate buying, like, drinks outside because each drink is, like, $22, 20 to $25, and I feel like it's just not worth it. Yeah. Okay. And what, what, do you, what do you do when you go out? Picnics are always good. Picnics, um, I love it. And just enjoy time in the sun. How much uh, would you spend on a picnic? Not much, really, because everyone chips in and you all you bring, like, stuff from home, like cut-up fruits or whatever, so not that much. I don't look at my bank account. I just let it flow until, um, until the night's over and often they're, uh, they're not what I've expected. So you sort of go out and then the next day you might look at it? Um, yes. That is so relatable. I definitely have to transfer some money during the night, but it would be around the 100 range. What's the biggest waste of money when you're out? alcohol <laughs> entry fees how much do you reckon you're probably going to spend well let's have a look at the drinks menu <laughs> so probably give me a ball, like ballpark figure 70 per person probably okay so 70 bucks is is a reasonable amount for you to spend yeah do you mind if i ask you about money yes go for it do you um find yourself spending a lot of money when you go out always do you have like a, a budget in mind no not at all but if like my card declines then maybe that's a good time to stop no one wants to have to say, oh, I've, I've got to go home now because my card's been rejected. There's insufficient funds. That's not the exit you want to make. I know a lot of people spend big on alcohol when they're out, but personally, I don't have that problem. I don't drink, but the problem I do have is being ethnic. When we're out for food, we all end up fighting over the bill. So, yeah, I save money on alcohol, but I end up buying everybody's food a lot of the time. So clearly, we've all got room for improvement, and that's why we've brought in a professional. Alice Zaslavsky is a food writer and broadcaster who's been on MasterChef all over the ABC and the BBC to talk about food. I went to meet her at a cafe. Yeah, 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 I could have met her at a park with a glass of water and saved some cash, but, you know, the ABC was paying, so I decided to treat myself. There are so many overrated fancy restaurants, Nazim, and it's because of that hype building. You know, they put a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of attention, a lot of manpower to being hip and cool and with it. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that their food is going to be any better than the local jaunt. So when you go to a restaurant, you've chosen one, you've done your research, you're either there because it's a local place or there's some sentimentality. You're there, you're at the restaurant. The waiters come, what do you do? What I tend to do is I don't order an entree main dessert. I'll order several entrees and a dessert. Ah. Yeah, because I'm non-committal. I don't want a big something-something. I want lots of little things to try the menu. It's a much more cost-effective way. Is that cost-effective? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because often those main course dishes have a big hunk of protein, and that is food costs. So the way that they calculate what the dish actually costs is they you know, look at the ingredients, they look at the labour. Throwing a few little bits and bobs on a plate for an entree is much more cost effective for them than a big blob of you know a duck breast or, or whatever it is uh, and when it comes to dessert share the dessert because chances are that you're shoving it in there by the end of you know by the end of the meal anyway so just order two desserts to share or whatever it okay. is okay yeah what about doggy bags all about them oh my god doggy bag oh thank god oh man doggy bags are life that is one reason why why i absolutely love restaurant food my house is full of life then oh love it because then you can recreate something you can turn it into something else the next day have some fun with it and you know you've stretched that meal so that couldn't couldn't recommend doggy bags enough okay anything else uh there's a few things that restaurateurs um, love you to order that are such a rort. <clears throat> this, is what, this is what I came here for. Okay, the number one most expensive item, like the margin, is edamame. So, no way! Way. So, you know those edamame beans that you can order? Yeah. You just like get a little bowl and you're eating them. The margin on that is like insane it's like hundreds it's beans isn't it yeah it's it's just soybeans yeah that have been steamed and you know might be seasoned tossed through some sort of salt so um avoid the edamame that's just their way of rotting just call triple o tip for you is there a hotline to call it's <laughs> edamame no but i think um if you love edamame and you are okay here's my tip to you if you love edamame Buy it from the freezer aisle at your local. Just keep it in your handbag and at the restaurant, just pull it out. Exactly. If you learn one thing from today, it's to avoid the edamame. And I'm definitely not encouraging you to smuggle any into restaurants. But if you do, let me know how it goes. Now, you remember my frugal friend, Dave from Perth? Regular wage, saved so much money, he basically doesn't have to work anymore? Yep. Dave reckons you can treat yourself, just not all the time, like I do. If you think about it, like if we do if we do it twice a month, you know, going out to eat instead of twice a week, you just cut out a huge portion of that cost, even though you're still doing it just slightly less often, you know? Mm, so make it special. Don't just be mindless about it. Yeah, and you and you enjoy it more because it's more, it's kind of more exciting when you do do it. It's like having a birthday once a year. Exactly. But when you're doing it all the time, you're kind of just numb to it then. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And you can have like, I mean, when you catch up with someone, you can have an equally good catch up over like a $5 coffee versus a $40 lunch. Now, let's, let's be honest here. I heard that you took your partner out on your first date to an Ikea cafe. Did I hear correctly? Uh, yeah, you did. I didn't. I didn't actually think anything of it at the time. She only told me about it like years later. Oh, what? The, what? I, I'd forgot. 
all about. Why did you do that? Was this a test? Was this some sort of relationship test? No, I don't know. I just thought, okay, we're just going to hang out for a little bit together and we'll go get something to eat. And, yeah, I was into hot dogs at the time and that's how it happened. So were you furniture shopping already for the two of you? Nah, just just going there straight for the hot dogs. So (laughs) so you've really set the culture in your relationship to be someone that doesn't go to fancy places and spend needlessly. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just not into that sort of stuff. But, I mean, let's think about it. It can't have been that bad because we're still together. So, hey. She stuck around. There you go. When you're doing stuff that is being financially responsible, like maybe you're meeting up for a coffee instead of lunch with your friend, like you said, uh, I often feel like I'll probably come across like a tight ass. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of that. So I suppose part of the whole philosophy behind changing your habits and changing your spending is you have to – start making decisions based on what makes sense to you, not based on, you know, fears of what other people will think of you. Mm. So there's a little bit of that there. But, you know, if you want to just take the middle ground, you can go out for lunch and then have a coffee the next time. You know, just switch it up a bit. Well, there you go. Why not try hot dogs in a cafeteria? Worked for Dave. But don't be too tight, like my friend who I won't name. He took a girl for takeaway coffee at a service station. Sadly... They didn't make it to a second date. I know. Can't believe it. Joel is 30 and he lives in Canberra. He's a self-confessed former tight ass who's now found the happy medium. He's frugal. One of the reasons I go out a lot is to socialise with my friends and going out has become the default convenient option for me. But Joel says catching up with friends doesn't have to always be at a cafe or a restaurant and it's definitely not about how much you spend. I think sometimes though people have a sense that I need to spend money to sort of seem like a certain person. You know, if, I, if I'm earning a high salary, I need to be buying the fancy drinks and, you know, buying dessert every time I go out. For me, it's, you know, just about enjoying what I'm there for. I'm not going out and, and feeling bad about the fact that I'm ordering the house red and someone else is maybe getting a bottle of, of the best Shiraz. Do you feel that there is a pressure to spend money? And if you don't, people are going to be gossiping about you, about being a tight ass? I think people are entitled to sort of gossip if someone is ungenerous, you know, like if my friends are constantly buying me rounds and I'm never returning that, that's not the way to go. Right. And how do you um, socialize now? Like what's your broad philosophy when it comes to socializing, hanging out with people, having a good time, but also um, not blowing all your cash? I'm not necessarily starting from how can I do this for as little money as possible, I think it's more starting from a place of what is the experience I want to have with my friend. And often, for me I, at least, that's just a chance to sort of catch up with them, hear about what's going on and talk things over with them. So that's something that we might do over a coffee. But you can be quite creative. I have a, a friend who is very interested in the fact that there's a suburb in Canberra which is known for its um, domestic peacock population. Oh, no way. Domestic's probably not the right word. They're not tamed. They sort of roam the neighbourhood. So not, not, not men trying to peacock... After they've gone to the gym, you mean like actual fauna? Yes, and I should clarify, peafowl is the is the term um, to embrace both the peahens and the peacocks. Mm. So yes, there's a suburb with lots of peafowl, and after following their Instagram account for some time, we <laughs> and we actually got dressed up in sort of safari gear and went out one day to try to um, spot the peafowl. It was a great time. That's hilarious. Did you find any? We did. We um found a lot of peafowl actually. <laughs> Beautiful creatures. So you got your steps up and your spotted nature. 
There was there was a lot of surfing, that's for sure. And that is free. Totally free. Okay, so what is the what is the frugal lesson that we can learn here from your peafowl adventures? Well, I think not everyone has peafowl in, in a nearby suburb, but I think there's <laughs> often be you know, interesting things happening around the city that aren't necessarily paid. And that's not always going to be something you, you hear about in a magazine, but I think you can keep an ear out, I suppose, interesting opportunities. Do you, do you think being frugal has um, also helped ease the pressure around having to work hard to make more money, to keep up with the Joneses, to buy new stuff and go to, a, go to the fancy places or the places that you need to be seen at? Yeah, for me, this is a big part of my motivation that I don't want to need to have a high paying, you know, 40 hour a week, probably more job. And so part of how I try to give myself a bit of freedom about the work that I do is trying to, to have lower expenses uh, as a way of dealing with that. I think sometimes people think having a high income gives a lot of freedom, but I think if you associate that with more expenses as well, it can become a bit of a trap. Okay, well, the second big tip from today's episode, get yourself a secondhand safari suit and go out looking for large, beautiful, feathered fauna instead of spending money on a three-course Thai dinner. Hmm, I don't think I have any suburban peacocks near me. Oh, but but I do have ants. Maybe that'd work? But even if we don't socialise with food and drink, we all need to eat at some point, and that is one of our biggest costs. So, it's time to come clean with another confession. I'm not just an eat outaholic. I'm also a takeaway-aholic. So far this week, I've ordered it three times, and uh, it's not even the weekend. It's so easy to get tempted by the convenience of getting takeaway after a busy day. According to research from Suncorp, in 2019, the average Australian individually spent about $300 per week on food and alcohol. That includes $135 on groceries, $31 on alcohol, and $34 on takeaway and food delivery services. What about you? Do you spend $34? Bucks? Or a lot more, like me. Emily is a 29-year-old frugal blogger and goes online by the name Aussie Debt Free Girl. And she has a very different approach to takeaway than I do. We have it really kind of sparingly. Um, because it is a treat. We also do a lot of fake away. So fake at home, away. yeah, at home takeaway. So like, I'm making karage chicken this week. Oh my God, that is amazing. Because I remember when I grew up, like you know, we didn't really go out for you know fast food much. But my mum would be like, "Here, here's your cheeseburger," and would taste it and it'd taste a bit more. Sri Lankan and curry, then <laughs> like it tasted nothing like the burgers that you get at the drive-thru. But, um, but you know, it kind of worked. <laughs> Emily feeds her family of four on $100 a week. She's about to lower it to 80. She says there are some basic mistakes that people make that mean they spend way more on their groceries than she does. Well, the, the big main one is multiple shops in a week. If you're going to the shop two or three or four times a week, that's two or three or four um, chances for you to impulse spend and, you know, grab a drink while you're shopping, grab, you know, some chips and stuff because, you know, you're having a bad day. You're giving yourself more opportunity to spend. Whereas if you went once, you're still probably going to grab a few treaty items and treat yourself, but you're only going to do that once. So basically, to save money on grocery shopping, go less, have a plan in mind. 
Yeah. And I'm not super strict. Like I'm not like, I don't have like a, a set shopping list. You probably might need that to start off with, but I kind of know what my prices are. I know what my family eats. And then I make sort of a little plan in my head. For example, apples are on special this week and grapes are on special this week and onions are on special. And I know I'm low on onions. So I know I'm getting onions. I know I'm, uh, that the fruit we're having this week is going to be grapes apples and then probably something else that I find while I'm there. I know that chicken legs are on special this week at my butchers. So I'm going to grab a bunch of chicken legs, come home, break them up into meal size portions. And then I'll have two to three to four meals worth of chicken legs in my freezer for the next month or two. So do you, do you, before you go to the shops, do you do a bit of a stock take at home? See what you've got in the, in the fridge and pantry? Yes, always. I always make sure I know what I've got. And I also like to know what needs to be used up first. Okay. Because I always have um, heaps of vegetables in my fridge that go off real quick and end up throwing them out. Because when I'm at the shops, I have the best of intentions. I'm like, this is the week where I'm going to have a smoothie twice a day and all these fruit. And then, you know, three days later, they're all like soggy and I have to chuck them out. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think check your veggie drawer at least once a week. Again, knowing what you have, knowing that you have, you know, broccoli in the back of the veggie drawer that needs to be used up soon really helps because if you forget about it, you know, it's going to go to waste. The other thing is if you know your broccoli is, you know, not looking amazing, but it's still good, you could quickly chop it up, blanch it real quick, throw it in the freezer, and then it'll keep for another week rather than just let it sit there and go bad where it's going to go in the bin. You're literally throwing out money. Mm. So basically, just always be across what food you have and prioritize doing something with that before you go out and buy more stuff. Yes, definitely. And I mean, if you need to need help sort of getting into that mindset, I would say maybe challenge yourself, do a pantry challenge, do do something. A pantry challenge? Can, yeah. What's that? A pantry challenge is basically going through everything you have, your entire pantry, back of your fridge. Um, your freezer, that, you know, baking soda your mum gave you when you moved out into your first place, like going through everything, making a list or my little hack for a, a pantry challenge is I actually get a basket that lives on my counter and drives me insane because it clutters up my counter. Anything that we have an open packet of, anything that um, maybe we don't really eat much anymore because you kind of go through phases where you're like, oh, I love this, but then you're like, oh, I don't really like it anymore. Anything like that, I stick it into the pantry challenge basket and I leave it somewhere that it'll annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> and then every time I see it, I get annoyed and I want to use it up as quickly as possible to get it off my counter. Right. And then it also can really help you get a bit more creative sometimes when you get to the bottom of the basket and like nothing quite matches. You don't look at it and go, oh, that's a meal. Yep. You start like thinking about it. And we've come up with some of our family favorite meals doing this that you wouldn't, we wouldn't have come up with otherwise thinking about it being like, oh, would this go? And then making it work. And it's, they're amazing. I like need you in my favorites on my phone. <laughs> you, 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 you can you always send me a message. Really? Okay, cool. We can't all have Emily on speed dial to call when we need to save some money on food, but we do have some tips. One, take up Emily's suggestion to do a pantry challenge. Two, get better at making lunches or cook extra so you have leftovers. Three, 
Write down every time you eat or drink out and see which ones were really worth it and which ones you could have done without. Four, cut down on the number of times you eat out just because you can't be asked cooking. Have some lazy options to whip up something quick at home. Five, and remember, most importantly, don't order the edamame. It's a rip. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Hope you're feeling full, satisfied. Go digest what you've just heard. I'm Nazim Hussain, and hey, feel free to get in touch and let me know how much you eat out or if you've got any money-saving tips. You can find me on Instagram, at Nazim Hussain, or on Facebook. Make sure you tell your friends about Frugal by The Pineapple Project. Next time on The Pineapple Project. It's got four wheels and can cost you thousands of dollars a year. Figured it out? We're talking cars. Good guess. Hello, Maggie Dent here from Parental As Anything. I don't know if there's ever been a tougher time to be a parent. Seriously. So I want to answer your big worries and your big questions and hopefully relieve you of that niggling self-doubt that plagues pretty much every parent on the planet. In Parental As Anything, you'll get super practical and useful tips and advice about everything from bedwetting and fighting siblings to how to bring up teenagers and stay sane. And also, we're all about parents giving themselves a break. Make sure you put your phone down when the children are present. Well, I can only parent because I've got my phone because it enables me to send the sneaky work email or all that idea that you, you're supposed to be present and in the moment and creating special memories. Well, I want to create dinner before I've got to take the kids to football. That would be a creation I'd be proud of. <laughs> you can find Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent, in the ABC Listen app and wherever you get your podcasts.